Welcome to Gonzo Times Radio. I am your host, Punk Johnny Cash. And we're going to continue on where we left off last time. We were looking at George Herbert Mead in part one. Please go listen to that for the foundation of this. We discussed the formation of the mind. The mind is created by social interactions, largely through symbols, significant symbols. Uh, the interaction that is based on form of gestures. Gestures evolve to symbols as we, we are socialized, raised, conform our minds, construct ourselves. Something important happens. Something important happens along this time that you probably you probably have experienced. You could look back at your own past to relate to some of this, and that is the construction of the self. Now we want to talk about what the self is in this in the book Mind, Self, and Society from the standpoint of a social behaviorist. Uh, George Herbert Mead talks about the self and kind of creates this uh, what the self is. You know, I'm going to go off of Mead for a little bit and kind of give my own rant in laying out the self and explaining to you what the self is. Now, symbolic interactionism, Herbert Bloomer, Herbert Bloomer, who was Mead's student, wrote a lot about symbolic interactionism. And what he took from Mead's teaching was this symbolic interactionism. That's that interacting and, and a lot of the symbolism, the symbolic so when I'm saying the symbolism is symbolic, I'm talking about a lot of things. We're talking about we're talking about language. We're talking about the media we consume, the experiences that we have within the outside world, and the symbols we associate with those things, what they mean, how we construct up a self. So we shop around. When you were a kid, you, you had this, this experience of find myself. Maybe as an adult, you're trying to find yourself. Trying to understand yourself, who you are, who am I, who is me, the natural self that I am. Mead looks at two specific parts of the self, the I and the me. And he defines them as two different, two different parts of ourselves in the process of this, in the social process. Let's see what kinds of things Mead had to say along the lines of this. Now, Shopping for yourself, you find the things you like, the things that define you, the things that define me. I'm a, I'm a car guy. I'm kind of a cowboy. I'm a rocker. I'm a very politically astute person. I'm very smart. I'm not too smart. I'm a, I'm a Abercrombie and Fitch. I'm a, I'm a big fan of Star Wars. I, I'm a gamer. The me that rises out of the interaction with the I, who I assert myself as, the me largely rises out of the external, the social, the way we understand it. Now, when Bloomer talks about this in the process of of what we've come to know as symbolic interactionism, what we're doing is we're, we're taking ourselves and, and we're kind of objectifying ourselves through a lens where we see ourselves through the eyes of others and how others would perceive us and the interactions that we have with each other, inserting the me, the I asserts the me. It's back and forth. It's that triadic we spoke of before, the other, the me, the self, and asserting myself in a synthesis which occurs within oneself. So we go from the mind. The mind is the foundation. We move on over to the self. 
And as before, we'll look at what Mead had to say about this and coming from Mead. In any case, there must be a definitive set of responses which we may speak of as abstract. In the wider society, the more definitely universal these objects must be. There are universal objects he speaks of. Oh, we'll say words, like the words that we agree upon. Now that they're limited to a social time, culture, language, but they're there. In any case, there must be a definitive set of responses which we may speak of as an abstract and which can belong to a very large group. Property in itself is a very abstract concept. It is which the individual himself can control and nobody else can control. The attitude is different. It is mine, me. The attitude is different from that of a dog towards bone. A dog will fight any other dog trying to take the bone. The dog is not taking the attitude of the other dog. A man says, that is my property, is taking the attitude of the other person. A man is appealing to his rights because he is able to take the attitude which everybody else in the group has with reference to property. We have a shared illusion there, a shared myth we've created, thus arousing in himself the attitude of the others. Such responses are abstract attitudes, but they constitute just what we term a man's character. They give him what we term his principles, the acknowledged attitudes of all members of the community towards what are the values of that community. He is putting himself in the place of the generated other, which represents the organized responses of all members of the group. After all, I'm skipping ahead again, after all, what we mean by self-consciousness is awakening in ourselves of the group of attitudes which we are arousing in others. We are aware of how others respond to what it is we are doing, saying, and acting. The idea of property. If I assert it, I know that others agree with it. There's a certain element of um, consensus that defines the boundaries in society that we see occurring here especially when it's an important set of responses which go to make up the members of the community. It is unfortunate to fuse or make up, mix up consciousness. As we ordinarily lose, use that term in self-conscious, consciousness as frequently used simply has reference to the field of experience. But self-consciousness refers to the ability to call out in ourselves a set of definite responses which belong to the others of the group, an acknowledgement of how your your assertion of I, me, the you you are creating in response to others. Consciousness and self-consciousness are not on the same level. A man alone has fortunately or unfortunately access to his own toothache, but that is not what we mean by self-consciousness. Self-consciousness is an awareness of those around you and how you fit and interact and play with those in the social game. Social but the framework of the self. The structures around us, which is responding to and building up. We cannot have rights unless we have common attitudes. So the and I'm not talking about the attitudes because he talks about the attitudes a lot in here, and I, and I kind of haven't brought it up yet. In these responses, in this interplay, an attitude arises in us. An attitude could be amicable to what's going on and what we're interacting with. It could be hostile. It could be a lot of things. Your different attitudes, the fear, social anxieties that come up in us when we 
conceive the way others respond to us, the way that we are presenting ourselves, the way that we are constructing the me. The process out of which the self arises is a social process which implies interaction of individuals in the group, implies the pre-existence of the group. It implies also certain cooperative activities in which the different members of the group are involved. It implies further that out of this process, these may in turn develop a more elaborate organization than out of the than out of which the self has arisen. And that the selves may be the organs, the essential parts at least, of this more elaborate social organization which with these cells arise and exist. Thus, there is a social process out of which cells arise and within which further differentiation, further evolution, further organization takes place. It has been the tendency of psychology to deal with the self as more or less an isolated and independent element. Now, this is important to note because there was a critique of Bloomer's uh, examination of what Mead had to say that I've I've seen around how it, it kind of leans on this is all about individual and, and creating you as an individual. But the thing is that the me itself, the me we are constructing is a social construct. It is presented to others. It is a social being. It is a part of the collective. It responds to and interacts with others around us. It is formed up from them and their influences on us. It is not an, an, an individual thing that is isolated, but it interacts with the greater society. It presents itself and it is perceived. It is not the eye. The eye might be a little bit different. You hide in your bedroom alone when no one can see. The self to which we have been referring arises when conversations of gestures is taken over into the conduct of the individual form. There is an identical response on the part of the whole community under these conditions. We call these formation of the institution. We respond to each other. We form a response in institutions that we form in response to this. The institutions can be family structures. It can be your schools. It can be social groups. It's the social bodies, and some of them become more institutionalized and formal, but those attitudes are embraced by the institution, are reified. This response, any power that a thing has a word is our response to it in action. The power of said thing is in the social response, how others respond to it. So when you assert me, when you construct me, when you're shopping around for your individual identity through all the constructed social subcultures and, and, and existing cultural differences out there, uh, your gender, your sexuality, who you are as a political person, all these things we explore through the available options that we have come to find, and we take them on. Oh, I've always been that. I knew that from a young age. A person may reach a point of going against the whole world about him. He may stand out by himself over against it. But to do so, but to do that, he has to speak with the voice of reason to himself. He has to comprehend the voices of the past and the future. That is the only way in which the self can get a voice which is more than the voice of the community. A little bit later on, he says, we assume that an organized custom represents what we call morality. 
The things one cannot do are those which everyone would condemn. There is a general consensus, but we don't like those things, or that we do. We can reform the order of things. We can insist on making the community standards better standards. We are not simply bound by the community. We are engaged in a conversation in which what we say is listened to by the community and its response is one which is affected by what we have to say. It is true that our thinking is also, while it is just thinking, accessible only to the organism. But that common character of being accessible only to the organism does not make either thought or the self something we are to identify with, a group of objects which simply are accessible. We cannot identify the self with what is commonly called consciousness. That is what the private or the subjective, they're in the characters of the objects. So only what is out in the social that we can actually experience, you keep it in your head, it's gone. You have to put it out there for it to be part of this conversation, right? There's, of course, current distinction between consciousness and self-consciousness. Consciousness answering to certain experiences, such as those of pain or pleasure. Self-conscious, referring to a recognition or appearance of self as an object. We are objecting, objectifying ourselves in relationship to others in efforts to assert ourselves and to place ourselves as an object that is interacting with the others in the wider society. The self is not an individual thing. The self doesn't just exist with you alone, isolated from others. The self is constructed. We shop for ourselves. We pick and choose. Perhaps more consciously at times than other times, often we accept the things that we are told. We don't challenge or push back against them. We don't really take much time to examine or critique them but some might. Social attitudes in the physical world. The self is not so much a substance as process in which the conversation of gestures has been internalized with an organic form. The process does not exist for itself, but is simply a phase of the whole social organization of which the individual is a part. You're a cog in a machine, as they say, Right? You have to be a working cog for you to work properly within the machine. The organization of the social act has been imported into the organism and becomes then the mind of the individual. It still includes the attitudes of others, but now highly organized. So they become what we call social attitudes rather than roles of separate individuals. But on the whole... We depend on a common recognition that other people are not quite as good as we are. The sense of superiority is magnified when it belongs to a self that identifies itself with the group. We find others that we can agree with. We find the other group. Oh, we know, oh, there's the oh, we're this right think. We're the right think, right? That's how we do these things. That's how we form this. We seek confirmation from others. Uh, our truths beliefs they tend to be very similar to those that we are engaged with on a regular basis it is aggravated in our patriotism where we legitimize an assertion of superiority which we would not admit in the situations to which i have been referring 
It seems to be perfectly legitimate to assert superiority of nation to which one belongs over the nations to brand the conduct of the nationalities in black colors in order that they may bring out values in the conduct of those that make up your own nation. It is just true in politics and religion in putting of one sect over the others. This took the place of the exclusive expressions of nationalism in the early period, the period of religious wars. One belonged to one group that was superior to the other groups and could assert himself confidently because he had God on his side. There we find a situation under which it seemed to be perfectly legitimate to assert this sort of superiority, which goes with self-consciousness. Self-consciousness being our perception, our interpretation of the interaction of the world around us, right? And which, in some sense, seems to be essential to self-consciousness. It is not, of course, confined to nationalism and patriotism. We all believe that the group we are in is superior to the other groups. Our thoughts are the proper thoughts. We can get together with members in a bit of gossip that with anyone else in any other group would be impossible. I mean, if you're into radical politics like I am, you might understand this a little bit more than some. But on the whole, we depend on a common recognition that other people are not quite as good as we are. The thing is, even those ones that are terrible, in their, in their experience, others are not quite as good as they are. Values do definitely attach to this expression of the self, which is peculiar to the self, and what is peculiar to the self is what is calls its own. And yet, this value lies in the social situation. It would not be apart from the social situation. It is the contribution of the individual to the situation, even though it is only in the social situation that the value obtains. The self, the me, exists within the social, overall, larger social existence of body. No individual has a mind which operates simply in itself in isolation from the social life, process in which it has arisen or out of which it has emerged, and which the pattern of organized social behavior has consequently been basically impressed upon it. Our contention is that mind can never find expression and could never have come into existence at all except in terms of the social environment. The words you use, the way you understand, the way you comprehend, the way you formed yourself, all necessary. Human beings' physiological capacity for developing mind or intelligence is a product of the process of biological evolution, just as this whole organism, but the actual development of his mind or intelligence itself, given the capacity, must be processed in terms of social situations, wherein it gets the expression and important, and hence it itself is a product of the process of social revolution. I'm sorry, of social evolution. The process of social experience and behavior. So what, what is the point of all this I and me and self, right? What Mead is saying is that what we are is a social being constructed by the social that interacts within the social. There is no isolating yourself from the social. You do not 
uh, automatically make water appear into your cup when you need it. You turn on the faucet, and a lot of work has been done to get there. You do not automatically make uh, political treatises on your own. You've had to read a little bit or learn how to write and articulate and understand the wider context. You exist in a wider society. You cannot survive without society as a whole. I would guarantee you, especially with the way most of us have been socialized. This idea of the individual, I rug it out there. They don't, we don't live in a world where we can just go out there, grab land and toil and work, work, work the soil. Even then, there was a social process to it. The family was a, was a large, uh, largely an economic unit at that point in time. You would have, often if you could, you would have children to help around with the farm and the plantation type stuff and uh, working out the fields and whatnot. You know, your, your, your settlement out in some place that was about to be devastated into dust and you were going to starve. The social and material worlds have a lot more to do with our development and our existence and our understanding of things, and we rely on them. We rely on them for the development of our minds, for the development of ourselves. And the self has changed over the years. The self a peasant, a peasant was, they, they got their information from the church, you know, the peasants of old, going way back. Serfs and peasants, they'd go to the church. The information, the, uh, the dictates would come from on high. At this point in time, our, our dictates, the, the role of uh, what has taken the church is, you know, we got media. We have Marvel Comics, Marvel Comics and Disney and the, and the films. We have, we have news networks. We have websites and Facebook. We have a lot of things that influence our overall belief systems, the way that we understand the world, the way that we see them. We create these lenses, ideologies, a lenses, a way to make sense of the world. We've been making those for a long time. We're going to go into very depth, very deep detail on the creation of these lenses and the creation of the ideologies, the creation of knowledge and history and how we have done that over time. And this is very much a crux central part of all of this because you have to have the self you have to have the minds. They converge. They interact. They 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 come to 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 turmoil with one another. We assert ourselves through an attitude, right? So, I, I think I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna wrap up this here in a second on talking about the the self. I think that's like I said, George Herbert Mead. I would suggest you know if you're into reading this kind of stuff, it's kind of a dense book. I find it very fascinating. I've read it at one point in time. I'm going over it while I'm doing this again. So this is another time through it. And I, I think there may be a more updated version of this book with a little more information I'd like to check out. But understanding that what I, the point that I'm trying to get here in the larger is, is that social construction that is vital to who you are. That social construction, the social interaction, the way we understand things is very limited. And unless you seek to expand and continue that and continue to get more of those inputs, you're going to be very limited on where you can go, uh, what you can think of, what you can understand, what you can do. These are limitations that are on us, not, you know, because we haven't been exposed to them. And, and sometimes those that exposing may be intentional or not. But like I said, I will get into that later. We're going to talk about things like propaganda and media as this goes on. But we need to really understand what the self and the human being is in the process of social construction, the process 
of creating a society and how it happens. In order to look at society, we have to understand exactly what society is. And we're looking at the raw observable behavior at this level with Mead. How it interacts, how we process information, take it in, how we interact, how we form ourselves. I like to talk about the marketplace of ideas. I like to talk about how we have shopped around for so long to find our identity. Oh, I did it as a kid. What what music is is so punk, so hardcore? I did a lot of that when I was younger, associating myself with with uh, consumption culture that was being fed to me. Saturday morning cartoons, perceiving yourself through forms of, of, of fictions and imaginations and entertainment that seem benign, but that, in sense, we emulated in many ways. There was a point in time when I was in high school, you might be able to guess pretty easily what type of music a kid in the United States listened to just by looking at the way they presented themselves, the way they saw themselves, the way they wanted others to perceive them when they presented to themselves to them. This is the social process that we're talking about here. We're creating each other. Now, when you get into politics and conflicts of politics, that gets a little more complicated how we present ourselves, how we want to be presented. There are certain uh, indicators of class, intelligence, things like that that come into play. And people like Pierre Bourdieu go into great detail with that. But I think I'm going to go ahead and cut it off here. We will be back one more time to talk about Mead and society before we move past Mead. I don't feel that the time we're giving him is sufficient, but I think that we're able to get the basic idea out there and understand what it is that I'm trying to articulate and the lens at which I'm going to be approaching what I'm going to be doing on here in the future is. That's kind of why I'm tackling these first. Thank you for listening. I'm not putting this on a lot of the social media sites and stuff like that. Like a lot of people upload their podcasts to places where it will get listened to because there's large audiences. And there's a reason. We're trying to be involved in this conversation. We're trying to fit ourselves into the larger conversations. But I have some issues with what's going on with these corporations and social media and whatnot. But I'd like to keep this over here for now. Uh, so please come back to this. Share it with others. If you've heard it, send it to somebody. Uh, feel free to share these things on social media and tell folks what you found useful about it. And uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and leave you with what I've been leaving you with. Uh, thank you all for listening. And, 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 and no gods, no masters. <laughs>